The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Hello, hello. How are we doing? Are we doing okay, Lifehouse? Amen. It's so good to see you all this weekend. And for everyone joining us online and the other campus, thank you guys for joining us as well. And uh, man, it is such a huge honor for me to be here with you guys this weekend. I've been following your church from afar. Uh, I'm from the city of Richmond, Virginia, just down the road a little bit. And um, I'm here with my wife this weekend. We just celebrated four years of marriage this month. So we're now experts on all things marriage. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So we, uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm, I'm truly honored to be here. Uh, for, the, for the last several years, I've gotten to know your pastor, Pastor Patrick, and, and followed all that God has done here. And um, if, if we could, he's not here this weekend, but if we could put our hands together and honor your pastor. Come on, can we do that? I'm so thankful for him and for his leadership. And uh, you need to know you're blessed with the leadership that you have here. Did you know that? You're blessed with, with leaders that love God and love uh, people and love the church and want to see God do a great work here. And that's exactly what God is doing. So you're a part of something special, and I, and I hope you know that. And so it's, a, it's an honor for me to be here. And I'm so excited to end 2017 and kick off 2018. And I'm hoping to encourage us this weekend uh, to trust God a little more, to trust God a little more than we did in the past, to, to, to step into 2018 trusting God more than we ever have before. Does anybody want to trust God more next year than we did this year? And there's a lot of examples throughout the scriptures of people that trusted God and what it looks like to trust God. But there's a particular story that I want to pick apart for us this weekend out of the book of Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. And so if you have your Bible or your smartphone, you can go ahead and go there. That's where we're going to be for today. Daniel chapter 6. And to start out, there's a verse, verse number 23 that I'd like to read for us. And it says this, it's towards the end of this story. And it says this about Daniel. It says, when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. Daniel was lifted out of the lion's den and he was unharmed, the scriptures tell us. No wound was found on him. And it tells us the reason why he was not harmed. The scripture says this, because he had trusted. Somebody say trusted. Because he trusted in his God. The reason Daniel was unharmed was because the scripture tells us he was someone that trusted in his God. And I think there's some principles in this story that we can look at to help us trust God a little more in our faith journey. Come on, we all want to trust God a little more. And I think we can look at the life of Daniel and say, God, how, how can you help me trust you a little more? Are you with me this weekend? Hey, if I could ask one favor before we pray and get into the word. Um, I, the church I come from, it's not a perfect church, but it's a loud church. <laughs> so, so if something sounds good or God's speaking to you, you can say like, amen, or you can say that's good, or you can point at your neighbor and say, yeah, they need to hear that. You know, whatever, whatever you got to do, but just help me out. Does that sound good this weekend? <laughs> awesome. Hey, would you bow your heads? Let's pray and ask God to speak to us through his word. Father, we love you so much and we're so thankful for your word. Lord, we ask in these moments that we have together that you would take your word, Lord, and I ask that you would do what I cannot do, and that's change our hearts. Change our hearts, God. Lord, would would your word change and transform us that we would leave here not just having attended a service or heard a sermon, but but hearing from you and experiencing you, God. So speak to us. Change our hearts. Change our lives. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. 
I love the book of Daniel because Daniel is a story about people that, that, were, that were taken captive. They were taken out of their home and they were brought to a foreign land. Daniel was brought to a foreign land as a captive in, in the city of Babylon. And, and, and the story of Daniel is about how, how Daniel lived in a foreign land amongst people that served foreign gods, but Daniel still served God and still loved God. And I love that he shows us even in a foreign land, even in, in, in a culture that doesn't love God, we can still love God. We can still serve God. And that's exactly what Daniel does. Daniel works for the Babylonian empire. He works for the government. And, and the scripture tells us that Daniel was extremely gifted, that, that God had gifted him, that he had talents and abilities, and, and he was working in the government. And because he was gifted by God, he was doing well. He was moving up. He had influence. And I love that God gives good gifts to his children. Did you know that? Every single one of us, we're all gifted by God. God has uniquely inserted things in us that, that, that are not all the same. Like, there's a reason I didn't come here to sing and lead worship this weekend. <laughs> I don't have that gift, you know? But God has given us different gifts and different abilities. And I love that when God gives us gifts, he doesn't give us gifts for our own gain or our own platform, but to serve God and his kingdom and for his glory. And Daniel was gifted by God. And Daniel was using his gifts in his workplace and in the Babylonian government. And God was using him so much so the scripture tells us that Daniel was set to be promoted over the whole kingdom. Come on, somebody, it's promotion day. <laughs> he was going to be put over the entire kingdom. But how many know when God is using you and, and when you're using your gifts and when you're serving God and, and things are going on, that not everyone will be for you. <laughs> not everyone will be your biggest cheerleader. Has anybody found this out? Not everyone will be in your corner or have your back. And that was true of Daniel. The other people that, that worked in the government with Daniel, they did not like that Daniel was going to get promoted. And so they began to dig through his life and try to find something that he did, a rule he broke, a shortcut that he took maybe in, in order to accuse Daniel and take him down so that Daniel would not get promoted. And so they begin to look through his life. And I love the scripture tells us that they looked through Daniel's life and they could find no corruption in him. Daniel was a man of integrity. He, he wasn't perfect, I'm sure, but as best as he could, he strived to not only believe and worship God, but to live a life that worshiped God. That he lived in a foreign land in such a way that no corruption was found in him. It reminds me of where Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12, he says, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. I don't know about you, but I want when people look at my life to say, man, that he's, he's a man that doesn't just talk about Jesus, but his life models what Jesus was after. Daniel didn't just talk about it, but, but his life modeled it. And I love that people that didn't know God knew Daniel loved God. They didn't have to know Daniel's God to know that Daniel was committed to God. And so they come to a conclusion that if they're going to bring Daniel down, if they're going to take Daniel out, it's going to have to do with God because they knew he was committed to God. And so they go to the king, King Darius, and, and these guys propose a law to King Darius. And the law is this. If anyone prays to anybody except King Darius for the next 30 days, they get thrown into the lion's den. They get a death sentence. 
So they take it to the king, and the king is a godless king. He's a prideful king. So, of course, this sounds amazing to him. Pray to me, pray to me. Sure, that sounds awesome. So the king signs the law, and now it is set in stone. Anyone that prays to anybody but King Darius for the next 30 days gets tossed in the den. And then verse 10 in Daniel chapter 6 tells us this, and I love this. It says this. When Daniel learned the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Come on, somebody. Daniel didn't care. Just as he had done before, Daniel seeks God and Daniel prays to God. But what he was doing was falling right into the trap they set, right? It's exactly what they wanted him to do. And so Daniel prays and he's arrested and he's brought before the king. And the king did not want to kill Daniel, but because of how the law was signed, the king had to. Remember, the king was going to promote him. The king liked Daniel, but his hands were tied. He had no options. The king had to give him the death sentence and throw him in the den. And the next day, when Daniel is unharmed, that's where we read in verse 23, Daniel was lifted from the den and, and he was not harmed because he trusted in his God. So we, we, throughout this whole story, we know Daniel was someone that trusted. And there's principles, I think, in here that, that can help me and you trust God a little more. And I think the first principle is this. And in, in verse 10, when we saw, it said, Daniel learned the decree had been published, then he prayed. D Daniel learned the decree had been published, then he prayed. Okay, so translation, Daniel learned if you pray, you're going to die. <laughs> then he prayed. Daniel learned, if you pray, you're not going to get that promotion. <laughs> then he prayed. D Daniel learned, if you pray right now, life will get very inconvenient and very uncomfortable very quickly. And then he prayed. See, I I think what Daniel is showing us and the scriptures are telling us is an important principle about trusting God. And it's this, when you trust God, you obey God. When you trust God, you obey God, even when it makes a lot more sense not to. You, you obey God even when it's inconvenient. You obey God even when you don't understand. You, you, you obey God even when it doesn't make a lot of sense. You obey God against all odds because Daniel shows us trusting God looks like obedience to God. Most times in our life, trusting God isn't going to be words we say, but it's going to be situations where we obey. How you walk out trust with God is not only something we profess, but it's something we have to act on and say, God, because I trust you, I'm going to obey you even when it doesn't make sense, even when I don't understand it, even when the more difficult decision is to obey. And Daniel shows us when you trust God, you obey him. But how many are, are like me when you take a step of faith and when you trust God against all odds and when you believe God when it doesn't make a lot of sense, we do it believing God is with us. Come on. We, we do it believing that God is greater than the circumstance we're up against. We do it believing that, that God is the God of miracles and he's with us and, 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 and he can provide and he can do it. We step out in faith believing God's with us. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. 
But how many are like me and you like to tell God how to come through for you? <laughs> come on, we do this. Like I'm like a planner and like to have everything in order and set. And so if I'm going to take a step of faith, it's, it's hard for me sometimes because I'm like, God, I don't understand this. God, this doesn't make sense. And so, Lord, if I take this step of faith by Tuesday at noon, I need an answer. <laughs> Come on, any unspiritual people in the house like me? <laughs> like we, we often like to tell God how to come through for us. And if, if I'm Daniel in Daniel chapter six, I, I'm probably thinking that, right? Like I'm thinking, okay, if I take a step of faith here, God will, God will come through like this and God will provide this way and God will rescue me here. Like my, my first thought, if I'm Daniel, if, if I'm in my bedroom praying, like the scripture says, my first thought is this, as I'm about to get down on my knees and pray, because I know that I could be killed. I know that I could be arrested. I know this could go bad, but I'm believing God's gonna rescue me, right? But my, my, my first thought is, God, you, you're going to rescue me right here in my home. My God is going to do a miracle in my home, and God will blind the eyes of everyone around me, and I won't get caught. <laughs> so, Lord, you're with me. Do a miracle. And, of course, we know how the story goes. Daniel gets down and begins to pray, and boom, they come right in, and Daniel's arrested. My first thought is probably like, all right, God, <laughs> come on. You're supposed to rescue me in my home, Lord. Now, as I'm arrested and on the way to the palace to appear before the king, my next thought is probably, okay, God did not rescue me in my home, but now God will rescue me in the palace because God has given me favor with the king and the king wants to promote me and me and the king are tight. We have a great relationship. The king loves me. God has given me favor in the palace and so God will rescue me in the palace. But we know how the story goes. Daniel gets to the palace and the king said, my hands are tied. My hands are tied and he gives the order to be thrown in the den. And now I'm thinking, all right, God, you, you didn't rescue me in my home and now you didn't rescue me in the palace. And now Daniel is getting ready to be tossed into the den. He can probably hear the lions. He can smell the lions. Like when he's getting tossed in, like that's gotta be the moment where all hope is lost. He's at the end of his rope. When Daniel gets tossed in the den, he's got to be thinking, this is where obedience has got me. Where is God in this? But isn't it funny that God did not rescue him in his home or in the palace, but God chose to rescue him in the den. And here's what I know about our God is our God loves me and you enough sometimes to get us to the den so what we know we can really trust him there. Oh, I would love it if God would always rescue me in the home. Come on, anybody with me? Life would be way better. This ride would be a little easier, but God doesn't always rescue us in the home. He doesn't always rescue us in the palace. Sometimes God gets us to the end of our rope. Sometimes God gets us to where we seem we have no hope. Sometimes God gets us to the lion's den so that we know in the den we can still trust him there. God is not just the God of the home or the palace, but God is the God of the lion's den. Some of you, maybe 2017 has been a lion's den season for you, and, and, and you're in the end of it saying, God has still been here with me. For some of us, 2018 may be a lion's den, and I'm here just to, to speak into your life and into your season, saying God is the God of the lion's den. God is with you in the den. You know, trusting God includes trusting his timing. 
How many know his timing is not often our timing, his ways are not our ways, but Daniel shows us that trusting God includes trusting his timing. You know, a few years back, I was at the gym and that was the last time I went to the gym. <laughs> a, few, <laughs> a few years back. <laughs> Amen. I was there and this guy comes in and when I say this guy, I mean this guy. This dude's muscles had muscles that had muscles. You know, he's like one of those guys you see and you're like, do you live here? You know, he's one of those guys. He comes in and he goes over to the inclined bench press, okay? Just the, the bench that's inclined and there's the bar over your head where you put the weight on and you bring it down to your chest and you lift it up like that. And this guy comes over and he starts throwing a bunch of weight on the inclined bench press and he's just throwing it through the roof. Like he's like, it's like he's got marshmallows on the end of that thing. He's just like, boom, you know, he's just, he's crushing it. And he's already like doubled my max in his warm-up set and so he goes to set number two, throws the weight on, boom, boom, boom. Set number three, throws the weight on it. And he has now used all of the weights at his weight station. So he goes over to the next weight station and gets the weights and starts putting them on the bar. And he's done four sets and five sets and he keeps adding weight and I'm not exaggerating. At this point, there is a slight bend in the bar. It's got so much weight on this thing. And the whole time, I'm not lifting at all, I'm just watching. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you know. Amazing. He's going and going and going, and I keep thinking at each set he's going to be done, but he does another one. And each set he's going to be done, but he keeps doing another one. And finally, he, he goes on this one set, and he pulls the weight off of the rack, and he brings it down to his chest, and he goes back up, and he just stops right here. <laughs> if you know anything about weightlifting at all, when momentum has stopped, you're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> There's no such thing as a like, come on, buddy, you got it. You know, like there's no like second boost. Come on, pal. You know, you are done, especially after all those sets. And so he's got all this weight on the bars bending and he's got the bar stuck right here. And, and just across his face is sheer panic. Like he's looking around, veins popping, you know, he's like freaking out. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> this is honest. I'm like, Lord Jesus, lift that burden, God. You know, like, I can't do it. As soon as he was like freaking out and I'm seeing this whole situation go down, a trainer from the gym had actually seen him because this was becoming kind of a show. Everyone was watching him. A trainer had seen him from across the room and the trainer walked around the gym and just at that, at that very last moment, the trainer stepped up on the spotting rack and he just reached down, grabbed the bar and put it on the rack. Of course, the guy was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. He was so thankful and freaking out and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, and I'm sitting there watching this whole thing go down. And I'm like, I think this is how God is a lot of times in our life, you know? Like when the weight of life seems, seems to be so much, we seem to be at the end of our rope. We, we, we don't have what it takes to, to lift the situation. And we, we, we seem to be without hope. We seem to be without help. God does not seem to be there or seem to be involved. We seem to be at the end of our rope going into the lion's den, but it's often in that moment where God is strong. And it's in that moment where God shows up and God's power is displayed in our lives. See, trusting God includes trust. Trusting his timing. Includes trusting his timing. I want to encourage some of you that are in the lion's den season tonight that you can trust God. He's the God of the lion's den. You can trust him. So we see from the life of Daniel, trusting God means obeying God. And trusting God also includes trusting God's timing. You know, if I had to put in 
one phrase, one kind of nugget for you to hold on to this weekend as to how do I know I can trust God in the den? How do I know I can trust God against all odds? How do I know I can trust God when it doesn't make sense? Here's what I'd say. I'd say you can trust God because God is faithful. You can trust him today because God is faithful. You know, the scripture says in 2 Timothy 2.13, one of my favorite scriptures in all the Bible, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot disown himself. Did you hear that? If we are faithless, if you have no faith, if your faith tank is on empty, God is still faithful. Why? Because he cannot disown himself, the scripture says. Look, faithfulness is not a hobby of God's. It's not something that God has practiced over time and gotten good at. Faithfulness is who God is. It's who he is. And because it's who he is, the scripture says, his faithfulness is not dependent on my performance or your performance. Regardless, God is faithful. God is faithful. And the scriptures are just, are just sprayed with God is faithful and he is the God of faithfulness and great is his faithfulness. You can go all throughout the Old Testament and all through the Psalms and all through the New Testament. You just see verse in and verse out. God is, his, God is faithful. Great is his faithfulness. His, faithful, his faithfulness reaches to the skies, the scripture says. We serve a faithful God. How do you know you can trust him? Because God is faithful. And if that's who he is, and if he cannot be anything but faithful, you know he must be faithful to you. If that's who he is, he must be faithful to me and to you and to your family and to this church and into this city. God must be faithful because it's who he is. It's who he is. Did you know the greatest example of God's faithfulness is not Daniel chapter six in the lion's den, but it's actually Jesus on the cross. You know, the cross is actually a picture of 2 Timothy 2.13. If we are faithless, God is faithful. Did you know this weekend, me and you were faithless? Me, me and you were faithless. The scripture says at one time, we were far from God without hope and without God in our world, Ephesians 2 tells us. We, we chose our own way over God's way. We chose to say our own things over God's things. We thought thoughts that honored us and not God. The scripture calls it sin. We have all been faithless, but anybody thankful that even though we were faithless, God was faithful to the cross for us. The people that cursed at Jesus and the people that that beat the back of Jesus and nailed him to the cross were faithless, yet he was faithful to die for them. Look, if you're ever questioning the faithfulness of God, even as you sit here this weekend and you hear that God is faithful, you might be asking yourself, okay, you say God is faithful, but how is he faithful in this situation in my life? How is he faithful despite this doctor report? How is he faithful despite this situation? If you're allowing your situation to talk yourself out of the fact that God is faithful, may I direct your attention back to the cross? because our greatest need was our sin need and Jesus took care of it and he was faithful to it. And if he was faithful then, he will be faithful today. God is faithful. If, if, if you're doubting, if you're wavering in it, look to the cross to say, man, he was faithful to me when I was his enemy. He was faithful to me when I was far from him because he took the cross from me. He's faithful. That's who he is.
Because it's who he is, that's who he must be to me and to you. I'll finish with this thought. You know, again, if we're faithless, God is still faithful, right? So thankful for that. God is still faithful. But here's, here's the great thing that we see in the life of Daniel. And it's my prayer for us this weekend and for you as a church. That if we trust in a faithful God, God will display his power in our lives. If we trust in a faithful God, God will then display his power in our lives. Our lives now become a billboard for his faithfulness. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Daniel chapter six, at the end of the chapter, here's what King Darius, the same king that signed the law, pray to me, pray to me, or else you're gonna die. The same king that threw Daniel in the lion's den. Here's what King Darius says at the end of Daniel chapter six. Says he writes to all the nations and peoples of every language and all the earth and says this, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. And he has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. If you're anything like me, you read this decree from King Darius. And literally 20 verses before this, he's saying, pray to me or you die. He's saying, Daniel's God is not God, I'm God. And yet 20 verses later, he's declaring to his whole kingdom, Daniel's God is the living God. His kingdom endures forever. He rescues and he saves and he performs signs and wonders. And, and, and if you're anything like me, you're like, what just happened? What, what happened within one chapter in the life of King Darius? Listen, he did not hear a great sermon. He did not go to an amazing church service. What happened was really simple. And what happened was this. King Darius saw the faithfulness of God displayed in the life of Daniel. Saw the faithfulness of God displayed in the life of someone who trusted in God. You know, there, there was a show, um, it's, it's been off air for, for a few years now, called Extreme Makeover Home Edition. Does anybody remember this show? Extreme Makeover Home Edition. And if, if you haven't seen it, the context of the show is this. The, the show finds a family in a community that's doing an amazing work. But because of the size or the age of their home, the family can only do so much. And so the show comes in and they take the family and they send them off to Disney World and they wreck their home. They destroy it. And while they're gone, they build a beautiful, customly designed mansion just for that family to fit the needs of what they're doing in the community. It's amazing. After they finish building the mansion, they bring the family back home and they, they, they have them in a limo on their street and the streets are packed and there's news cameras there and the whole community comes out and everybody's cheering and excited for this family to see their new home. And they drop the family off right in front of their new mansion, beautiful, customly designed mansion. But between them and their new mansion is, is a big tour bus. 
So they're just standing there. They can't see their house yet. They're right behind this tour bus. And then all of a sudden, the crowd and everyone around the streets starts to chant, move that bus, or, move that bus, move that bus. And everybody starts yelling and cheering. And the bus starts and the bus slowly pulls off. Commercial break. <laughs> Don't you hate that? And as soon as the bus pulls off and the family can see the house, you would think that they would show you the house, but actually what they show you is the reactions of the family, right? And the reactions are insane, you know? Like you have the dad who's like trying to be tough, macho man dad, but he really wants to cry, you can tell, you know? Then you have the mom looking at her new house and she's got a waterfall of makeup coming down her face. Oh my gosh, oh my God. And then the kids, the kids' reactions are the best. The kids are like crowd surfing and, and they're just yelling. They're yelling to everyone, that's my house, that is my house. And you can come over and you can come over and you can come over and you can come over. And all of us are sitting at home looking at the reactions and we're like, show me the house. Show me the house. Like, look, because of what we see in them, we wanna see what they're looking at. And listen, when you trust in a faithful God, God's power will be displayed in your life. God will move in ways that you could not imagine. He is faithful, He is faithful, He is faithful. And if you, as an individual in Lifehouse, as a church, makes the decision, we're gonna trust in a faithful God, there is a community in a watching world that does not know God, but will look at you and say, I wanna see what you're looking at. I wanna see the God that you serve. And look, if He was faithful to us, He'll be faithful to them. Come on, if you believe it, would you stand up all over this room? at every campus, I wanna pray for us as we close. I wanna ask that you would just bow your head and close your eyes with me and I wanna pray that entering this new year, 2018, you would enter it with a greater level of trust than ever before. There's some of you with decisions before you where the difficult, inconvenient decision is to obey. I wanna pray that God will give you the, the trust to obey Him. For some of you that are in the lion's den season. I wanna pray that God would show you you can trust him in the den. Come on, would you partner your own faith with my faith and let's, let's pray and ask God to help us trust him in a greater way this weekend. Father, we love you so much. And Lord, we're so thankful that you are a faithful, faithful, faithful God. Lord, we thank you that 2,000 years ago, you showed that you're faithful. You displayed your faithfulness in the greatest way by going to the cross while we were your enemies, Lord. And I pray for those of us this weekend that are struggling, believing that you're faithful, would you focus our attention and our eyes back on the cross? Lord, for those of us that have decisions before us that we don't understand, they seem difficult, Lord, I pray that you would give us the faith to trust you. And Lord, for my brothers and sisters, 
this weekend that are in the lion's den, God. They're, they're weary, they're, they're hopeless, God. They're at the end of their rope. The weight of life is crushing right now. Lord, I pray that you would show yourself faithful to them. God, I pray that you would lift the burden in Jesus' name, God. I pray that they would leave here with their head held high, not knowing if the situation will change, but knowing that you're faithful to them in their situation. God, would you fix their eyes upon the cross today? God, would you give them faith? Would you give them hope? Would you give them peace, Lord, for this new year, God? We wanna trust you more this year than ever before, God. We wanna obey you in greater ways this year than ever before. God, would you do it in our lives, Father? In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church, located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.